Welcome, everybody. You are listening to The Know with me, Nikki Spo, and this special episode is brought to you by Pillow Cube. You all know I have been using my Pillow Cube for what, like almost a year now, and it has changed my sleep game. I bring my sidekick pillow with me legit anytime I am not sleeping in my own bed, and I'm excited to tell you about the crazy deals you can get on your pillow cube when you purchase one this month as we gear up for Black Friday. Stay tuned to learn more. This is a savings you will not want to miss. So let's get started with today's guest. Thanks to Sana Skin Studio for supporting the No Podcast. Sauna is a skin studio that is shifting the relationship with your skin and your products through goal-driven facials, real guidance, and clean skincare. Stay tuned for our promo code so you can receive $25 off of your first facial at Sauna Skin Studio. Welcome to the No Podcast with me, Nikki Spo. What's up, you guys? Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to The Know with me, Nikki Spo. So I have been feeling very creative lately, and I wanted to explore that a little bit more. So I am thrilled to be hosting one of the most creative individuals that I know, Susie Garcia. Susie Garcia is a professional dancer, choreographer, and proud owner and creative director of Showstopper Dance Studio. A New World School of the Arts alum, a fellow Miami Heat dancer alum, and former Marlins Mermaids coach, Susie was made for the stage. She has performed with various artists such as Chino Inacho, Daddy Yankee, Kanye West, Jamie Foxx, Pitbull, Neo, Will Smith, Chris Brown, and she toured with Shakira as part of the Oral Fixation Tour. Apart from the American entertainment industry, Susie is very involved in the Latin market, being the assistant choreographer for various award shows, including the Latin Grammys, Premio Lo Nuestro, and the Alma Awards. You may also recognize her from the Fox hit TV show, So You Think You Can Dance, where she was a top 20 finalist in season four, as well as the movie Rock of Ages that released in the summer of 2012, where she had the opportunity to work with Mia Michaels and director Adam Shankman. Having seen so many artists give up and with her own successful career as a professional dancer, Susie has centered her life around becoming a cheerleader for creative humans to truly discover their superpower. So let's get started with Susie Garcia. Welcome, Susie Garcia. Welcome to The Know with me, Nikki Spo. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I know we've had this, um, we've had this in the ether for a while and it finally, like it just came together. I'm so happy. I know me too. Grateful. Um, I want to like, just start by recalling the first time I met you, which was when I had to audition next to you for the Miami heat dancers. I don't know if you remember that, but like I was a rookie, I was coming in, it was my first year trying out and you know, how they organize us. I mean, so people who are watching this on video, Susie has bright red hair, short hair bangs. Um, and it's bright red, but like back in the day, she had this like really, really long, full, thick, like mane of blonde hair. Like she was Shakira personified <laughs> like, as, a, as a different human. And she was one of the best dancers on the team. And um, I had to stand next to her. They organized us by like appearance, like categories, right? Like blondes would, would audition together and whatnot. So I, I, was partnered up with Susie Garcia and Jamie Ruiz, who was also a guest on the show not too long ago. And she, till this day, is one of my very closest friend, closest friends. And um, I'm thinking, 
how could they put me next to these two women? Like, I really have my work cut out for me. I was so intimidated. And, you know, I, as whatever, I finally made the team and I got to know you and I realized that we had so much more in common that we, than we initially realized, you know, I think like back in the, back in the day, and you can tell me your thoughts about this, but I think it was like a, the, the, the dance world was like super competitive, like everything like there were no nice there was like not such a thing as like nice girls everyone was like trying to get each other's spot it was super competitive you were partnered with people who looked like you so you had to be the top dog in your category and you know i think at that time we started to shift in a different direction like those years we started to shift in a different direction we got to like have a bond and a connection and as i got to know you like i said we just i realized that we had so much more in common than we might have initially thought, you know, being sort of like pinned up against each other in an in an auditioning setting. I just think that it's funny because that competition kind of like pushed us to right more, you know, obviously. And then the fact of the matter is when we started just like looking, oh, who's competing with who, we kind of got a little bit more aggressive. And I feel too that that's really like pushed me in the sense of driving always more. And I kind of do that a little bit to my students too, just to push them. But, um, yeah, it, it was, it was kind of like mentally crazy. I know that you've done all these amazing things in your professional dance career. And then when you like put it on paper and the list is just so long, you're like, wow, like Susie, you've done so many things. You've toured with so many people. You've performed with so many people. You've choreographed for so many major artists in the American and in the Latin market. It's, it's impressive. And I mean, there's just shows that you've been on with So You Think You Can Dance and Dancing with the Stars. Congratulations, because I mean, it's it's been a ride. Well, it's been it's been amazing, the dancing part. And then my life quickly shifted to choreographing, like you said, creating. And when I opened up my studio, Showstopper Miami, it was my time of not just giving back, but creating the the artistry within the new generation. Because growing up, I never really had a how do you say like a, just a mentorship or a mentor that I could go in and talk to and say, look, this is what I'm feeling. I learned a lot of it just on my own and my own experiences with the heat, you know, traveling and all of that. And some of the things I made mistakes that I said, man, if I would have had somebody telling me don't do this and don't do that, I feel I would have done even more. So that always stayed engraved in my mind and, and thinking. And when I became a teacher, I really wanted these dancers to feel confident enough and to feel that they had the ability to be anything that they wanted, singing, acting, dancing, choreographing, whatever it was. Um, so that was my way of just being, okay, don't do this, do this. And then here, do whatever it is you feel, but you might encounter this, just giving them basically a creative roadmap so that they can kind of just see where their life will take them. And like, we don't know what we don't know, right? Like when we were growing up, like I, I can totally relate to, to what you're saying. Like, I didn't know, like my parents didn't know either. Like they were like, oh, we, <laughs> we learned a lot from each other. Things. We put you in the dance classes. We put you in gymnastics. Like we did the things, but like, it was just, it was different. There was no, like you're, like you said, there was no roadmap on like what to do. And now that you have all of this experience and you figured out, it's almost like a blueprint that you can like now give to your students and say, look, these are your options. Like, I don't even think that I knew what my options were. No, me neither. Even in high school, you know, and I know you went to New World School of the Arts, um, but like even in high school when I was dancing, I didn't even think to try out for the Miami Heat dancers. Like somebody, like my dad told me like, oh, you could do this. I was like, well, and then like, even that, like, I was like, they're just, like, 
I just thought like professional sports teams dancers were like not real dancers, you know, until I made the team and I realized like I was, I was with a ton of real dancers, right? Like quote, real dancers. And, and all of the great lessons that I learned doing that. Um, but I, yeah, there wasn't a roadmap. I didn't know what to do. I mean, and it's scary. Like it's scary. You're like audition, get an agent, do what, what do I do? It is. And, and, and things have changed a lot along, along the way, you know, there's so many dancers now here in Miami, there's so many creatives and there's a lot of opportunity that come here to Miami. So it's a bit different, but Definitely. I learned how to put makeup on in the heat because stage makeup, as I did in New World, was totally different from commercial makeup or, you know, just the glamour and the beauty of it. So it's really showcasing that to everybody and saying, okay, what is it that you want to do? And if you want to do it all, just know that there's criteria that people are expecting or that is expected of you in order to maintain that status in whatever, you know, box or boxes that you put yourself in. And before we kind of just learned from each other, you know, we, we really did. And we, we became women, I feel, because I was 18 and just didn't know anything. And, and even in high school, when I went to New World, it was from a, a, a college fair. And I said, oh, that's cool. I could dance. It wasn't like I had this whole plan out. You know, I, I never did. It just kind of, it was there. And I said, all right, let's do this. So I feel like there, there's so much more opportunity for people now and for creatives now. And Showstopper being, I, I feel, it's a huge part of, of the community. You should come by one day. Um, and, and we've been here already for 13 years. And it's, you know, we got lights. We got people creating from, like, I had Rosalia here one day. I had no. Chris Brown here. No, yeah. you did not. Stop. Yes. Okay, so I went to a, a Louis Vuitton Basel event, and she performed. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, oh Well, my- you know the one that she performed in the Chanel? In the- yes, that's what I went to. Okay, she rehearsed here. So I had that whole art exhibit taped on my floor, listening to her, like, I'm a huge fan. And just having that and, and you know, the manager's just calling us, hey, Susie, you know, we need space. It's just become such a um, an insane thinking because this is something that I've always wanted, not just for me, for Miami and for creatives and just having people feel like it's a home, you know, from, from her to just the people that are creating in award shows and, and all of that. So... It's pretty, it's pretty amazing having that. Yeah. It, I mean, imagine, I remember just walking into my office and I was like hearing her better than, than ever. And just the woman is so talented. And I had Chris Brown. Chris Brown was in here too and went into a class and everyone freaked out. Everyone just looked to the side and said, what? So it's almost that, that beauty of you never know what's expected. And, and people like the highest of the creators come here too and, and create in their shows and all of that. So it's, it's pretty beautiful. So as a creative, I know that in my own um, like creative journey, like I've gotten in ruts. Like what do you do? You, first of all, do you get in ruts? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming. All the time. Of course. We do. So, how, so like, what do you do when you get in a creative rut? You know, the creative rut, I always follow it. You know, they say, I, they say, stop it and don't take a break. I like to go in on it and kind of fight with it. I kind of, want to feel what it is to feel uncomfortable when I'm not feeling it, when I'm feeling down, when I'm feeling, and and believe it or not, when I'm feeling that sadness or whenever something's happening to my life, that's the first thing that I do is go to create because that's when my juices are fresh. My blood is steaming or whatever it is. And it's usually my best work that comes out when it comes from those hardcore experiences. But the creative rut, I, I, I really discipline myself into staying in it 
and going through it because no matter what, I still have to produce. I still have to teach class. I still have to create. And it's going to happen in those times that I'm not feeling the best. And as a creative, we have the freedom, but we have a, a responsibility too. So if we if we tell our minds that all we can do is when we're not feeling it, don't do it. We're training our minds wrong. We're training our minds to give up when it gets tough, you know, and we need to keep going when it gets tough. We need to keep going. And that's what disciplines your mind and your body and your creative flow to go, well, if I'm even in a rut, I just, you know, whatever it is, I just lost somebody at this, this and all the things that you can paint and you can still create, no matter if it's good or bad or at the end, what, what the hell is good or bad? You, you can do it in, at any time being, you can do it at any time, you know? So I've disciplined myself and, and, and people, you know, people think that I'm crazy at times, which is fine because I am a little bit, <laughs> but it's, it's about finding the crazy in you and, and owning it, you know, and just really like not finding an excuse for it. Okay. So how did your, your upbringing, Susie, shape your passion for creative expression? Like, did, was this something that was always present in you? Because like, for me, I, I feel like, there, like I always had some type of spark and I didn't always know what it was when I was growing up. Um, and I had to like, like what you're saying is like follow that like it was like a little breadcrumb trail you know like just like a little trail yeah. that I was like trying to follow like what was that like for you in your upbringing and how did that shape your passion for creative expression I I always loved art I loved singing I loved playing piano I was in modeling I mean my mom put me in everything I love your mom by the way like I still remember your mom she says hello too by the way (laughs) um and and she put me in everything I I literally can't remember a night at home from Monday through Thursday or Friday it was always constantly at night I was somewhere so obviously that fueled um you know it was a whole lot so now my way of being is like if I have two things going on I'm like I'm not having enough. Like I need more. I need to do more. So my mom implanted that in in in, in me that it was always like you got to keep going. You got to do more than just one or two or three or four. So sometimes I get a little, you know, well, okay, the anxiety kicks in because I tell my mom that she created that in, in me. But I I use it, you know, and and it's 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 in me already because at the end, like there's just one life. For me, it's like a ongoing like let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. What are you doing? That helps me go I want to do more but I've always loved dance I've always loved the arts I've always loved leading I remember back when I was in flamenco I was always the one counting it or in cheerleading I was always begging the coach to put me in to create a dance and I had no idea what I was doing so I always had that in in me um I just didn't know where I it wanted to 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 land you know owning a studio I'll say that that's been a dream of mine forever. I even have it in in one of my notebook papers for what I wanted for Christmas when I was about probably 10 years old, which is crazy. But I I always wanted a place for people to come together to create. You guys, I love, love, love this topic, but I want to take a break to tell you about the amazing deals we are offering to the No listeners this November for Black Friday. So it's no secret, I am obsessed with Pillow Cube, right? The ultimate pillow for side sleepers. I legit cannot sleep without my sidekick pillow and my kneesy in between the knees pillow. But there's truly something for everyone from the ice cube cooling pillow to the super fun and themed and cozy pillow cubs for the kids, which mine actually happen to love. They fight over which one gets which. Anyway, the Pillow Cube is a great holiday gift. 
I can't tell you like how much money I have spent trying out all of the different pillows that are out there. And I am so lucky that I finally found Pillow Cube. This Black Friday, you can score some major savings, whether you're buying sleep assets for yourself or you're gifting them out to your people. Um, hello, White Elephant Gift Exchange. I want to win that gift exchange gift, okay? I mean, check it out. The Ice Cube Side Sleeper Pillow, which is normally $159, you'll get it for $119. The Pillow Cub, which is normally $69.99, you'll get for $34.99. One of my favorites, the Neezy, is usually $89.99, and you will score that for $44.99. Lastly, the big hitter, the Pillow Cube Mattress will be 20% off. Okay, guys, you will not regret owning these. I'm telling you. This Black Friday, check out www.pillowcube.com for incredible savings. And as always, my personal discount code, NikkiSpo10, is a standing code that you can use all year round. All right, let's get back to the show. I want to take a minute to thank our sponsors, Sana Skin Studio. The best way for me to describe Sana is that it feels like coming home. Unlike traditional facials, Sana's facials are rooted in education, and I love this so much. Every experience I've had at Sana has been a chance to learn more about my skin and its needs. I love that the facials are effective while also being accessible enough to be a monthly ritual rather than a yearly splurge. I'm honored to be able to provide our audience with a promo code. Use the code THENOGLOW for $25 off of your first facial at Sana when booking via sanaskinstudio.com. I want to talk about confidence versus self-doubt because like a lot of it goes hand in hand and I, I like I want to know in your opinion, do you think these are both learned behaviors? Like I know that for me I had confidence growing up in so many ways. Like I just dancing, I I felt confident, you know? But there were so many other self doubt thoughts that like would creep into my head. Like where does, where does that self doubt come from? And where does confidence come from? The self doubt is society, it's people, it's friends, it's haters, it's enemies, it's people, you know, and now in the social media light, people are so easy to give an opinion and it's being there. And whether you hear it or believe it or read it or not, you're going to like, just look at it and you feel something. You know, I remember as a kid, three years old and four years old, and now even with my own child, and I'm sure you can relate, they're just, they're so, he doesn't care. He just like, he just wants to be in him and, and he just, he's so free. So I remember having that as a child because I've seen videos of me dancing and telling my mom, record me. And now, even as I'm almost 40, I, I, I don't like to be the, the center of attention. I walk into a room and you won't even know I'm there because I'm not that person of, ah, I'm here because I've been triggered a lot. I've been, I've been pushed down a lot and kind of saying like, who do you think you are? And and so that society and people and in this art form too, the bad mouthing kind of made me feel like, oh shit, maybe I don't, maybe I don't know what I'm doing or maybe uh, I'm not as good as I thought I was. So that self-doubt comes in. Confidence is about muting everybody. Honestly, it's, it's muting them and it's, you know, trusting in yourself. And that's so hard to do. I swear I've learned it in now in my late thirties of really just owning myself and listening to what I really love because I've been influenced 
oh, I don't think you should do it. I'm like, oh, maybe. And I don't even know. I look back and I'm like, I don't even know why, because what I feel is what I feel. You can't tell me how I feel. I can't tell you how you feel. And that's, that's our superpower. And that's our power in creating. And so when we silence that in ourselves, then, then we're just, we're going to be like everyone else. And unfortunately, a lot of people do that. And a lot of people, you know, do that in themselves. And, and I remember, and this goes back to you. That's why I'm so proud of everything that you're doing is because I remember you that way. I remember you just being this, this woman that I would look at in the team, like, wow, she's so much confidence. this and that. And I remember how lost we all were because we clearly were. And, you know, when you started this, I said, man, look at her. Amazing. And I was so proud of you because I know that you're very vulnerable and you say a lot and, and I know what you've been through. And even though we don't stay in touch, which we should more often, I, 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 that's what confidence means. That's, it's just muting everything else and going, Hey, and surprising yourself because I'm sure you surprised yourself. You didn't surprise anybody else. Everybody else probably knew you had it already because I did, but you surprised yourself. So confidence is that it's about owning it and understanding creatively your power and not giving a shit about what everybody else listening to suggestions. If you want to take them, you take them. If you don't, you don't. But ultimately you're going to do what you want to do. First of all, Susie, thank you so much for saying that, you know, and all those beautiful things that you just said about me. It's funny because like, I did not like, I felt so insecure back, back in my early twenties. You know what I mean? And we all did. Like, yeah. So <laughs> doing like starting this podcast and I, I covered like in an earlier episode, like the fears that held me back. Right. And I'm thinking like the worst feeling in the world is when you see somebody else doing something that you want to be doing. And you're like, I had that idea two years ago. You're like, I had that idea. Oh, she's doing it though. He's doing it. I had that idea. I had that idea. Okay. So you've been sitting on your hands because you're scared. And this person just took a chance. And did it. And listen, like for me, I'm like, I don't know. I didn't know anything about podcasts. I listened to a lot of podcasts. I knew what I liked in podcasts, but like, I didn't know how to do it. Like, I didn't know how to interview someone or how to prep or whatever. And I was like, okay, let me just try it and see. And if I fail, you know, at least I tried it. And I think taught you experience taught you because, and I think to your point, There you go. You know, it's like, that's part of the confidence formula, right? Is like being like, okay, I really, really want this. I don't know how to do it, but I'm going to try it anyway. And now you're like, okay, I did it. I did it. Like that, then there's like, like a coin in your piggy bank, right? You're like, okay, now I'm going to try it again and I'm going to get a dollar. And now I'm going to get, now I'm going to be able to like build on that because like you're, you're actually going for it. And I think like that courage helps to establish more confidence, like just like building blocks. And you just said it. Confidence is not, you don't know how many people tell me I'm waiting to feel confident in Mm. order to tell you that. Oh, all the time, all the time after classes or rehearsal, what can I do? And I said, you just got to go, you got to jump. But what if, what if you learn from the experiences? We are who we are today because of all the obstacles and the waves of life that have been thrown at us. We're not who we are because everything was spoon fed to us. We learned from the hard. And if everything is always easy, we don't want to work for it. So we we're pushed when it's difficult. We're pushed when we're challenged, we're pushed in those moments. So I feel like this generation just needs to not feel overwhelmed. And it's kind of like that old school, like, come on, let's do it. 
because I know that everything you have to be aware of, of, of your whole being, but if you throw yourself more any which way, you'll surprise yourself and you'll find you like how you just said, first is a penny, then a nickel that then you go and go, all right, I, I could do this. But if you never throw yourself, you'll never know. How do you help your students then? Like when they come to you, you mentioned like you have people who actually come to you after, after class and like, I'm waiting for my confidence. Like, what do you do with those people? Like what, how do you help them establish that confidence and believe in the power of their presence? You know, for, for me, and, and I've been with the studio now for 13 years and we have two locations now, which is amazing. And we have so many different artists that come in um, and, they come in for that. They come in because they want to learn confidence. And the the number one thing that I tell them is just to stand in their own power, to stand in their story, to stand in whatever they've been through and not deny it and not try and erase it, not try and, again, mute yourself. Because once you're in, in, in reference and you're in hold of everything that you've been through and you're okay with speaking it and performing it, because ultimately... That's what art is. It's a language, like Martha Graham, language of 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 emotion, you know? So <clears throat> the more that they do that, the more that they will start feeling a higher spirit in them. And that higher spirit, it's a beautiful place. It's it's a place that you get you get blind. You don't even know where you are. And when you're performing, and when you perform and you stop, you gotta go, where am I? Now in the beginning, a lot of people go, who's looking? Versus where am I? So if, if that's Wait, what I again. first, people are like, who's looking and next they're like, what, instead of, where am I, they get lost. Um, and it's, it's a beautiful loss because when I perform, I feel that. And I want other people to feel this, this, this almost like euphoria, a euphoria of like, just madness of, of crazy, of beauty. And in a world <clears throat> like my brother, <clears throat> I love him, but. My brother, ever since I was little, he said, you're in La La Land, you're in La La Land. And he would always tell me that, like I was always in another world. And I am. When I perform, I'm in a complete other world. I'm very into myself, intro, introverted socially, which is so bizarre. But you put me to teach and dance and, and, and you're going to feel what I feel just because. I'm not doing it for you necessarily, but I'm doing it for us as a conversation, you know? And... Because what I perform is things that I've, for me, I'm talking for me, or what I put out there in my choreography is things that I've literally been through, real life experiences I've been through. So I know it'll connect or help somebody. Um, and and it's just trying to get those people to awake the artists in them. And 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 that's what that is. Just, just hide and just silence the, the people looking at you. Because everyone is so conscious of who's looking at me. So I have moms and, and women that are, are are mothers and they've never danced before or they say that they haven't danced in like a, a couple years and it's always a scary thing for them. So yeah. just pushing them to feel this this courage and, and believing in themselves because we get so lost in being mom that we forget that we're a woman first or who we are first, you know? So I always implement that on them and it's um they have a great time and... And it's so it's so refreshing and, and beautiful to see, you know, them feeling who they are um, and they get lost and, and we get lost because we feel like we're just one thing and we're not. So I can totally relate to that. Um, after I had my first son, Santiago, I took a dance class and Tina was teaching one of our, <laughs> our mutual friend of ours, um, Tina Pagan. And I was I think I was the only mom in there and 
mind you, I had dance experience, right? Like it's not like I had never danced before. Like I have dance experience, but it had been a very long time since I had taken a dance class and I was so nervous. And there's like all these like 21 year old girls in there, women, like current dancers, like active working dancers. And I'm like, Oh snap. Like my, I can't get down on the floor that fast. I can't get up off the floor that fast. I'm like, I'm not as flexible as they used to be, but I will tell you what is like, I can totally relate to that feeling of getting lost. And it was, it was so amazing. Like it was so amazing to get back in the studio and to move my body and to like feel myself. I wish more women, especially moms would get in touch with their bodies in that way, right? Like feeling the movement. And even if that's like at home, like dancing with your kids and right. And then like dancing by yourself, like when you get out of the shower and things like that, those make those little things, even if I'm not going to a dance studio, like make me feel, feel really good. Um, and I think that we all need that. Right. Yeah. Like, and, and you know, there's just so much power in movement in itself, mm -hmm. you know, working out, we feel certain something. So now you're working out because you're putting your muscles to work. And then combining it with mental, with mind mm -hmm. and, and powerful words that I always love to to share, you know, in my classes, now you're getting two. So you walk out of my classes and you're just like, yeah, you know, and, and it's it's so awesome to to see and to feel because I feel that way, you know, when I take a really good class and and there's there's so much power and you you, you give off the light and the power that you walk out and going. Oh, I feel like I used to. And you're like, I used to, what do you mean? It's just because we get lost and totally. we get in this, you know, life. So what is one of the, the most difficult experiences that you've ever had, like in your professional career? Oh my gosh. So many. I know. Right? I mean, just like, I'm not saying like, I know you've had so many hardships, but I'm saying just, like, just that. Um, big ones that stand out to you. Uh, one big one was when I was taken off of stage because I was too big because I was too quote unquote, um, fat. And that was insane to me because I look back in those pictures of, I, I, of course I remember those award shows and I just looked back and I was like, Oh my gosh, I was, I was great. Like, I was looking good. I was so, I was, I was living, you know? And, um, that really, and it was always an ongoing thing in new world. They always told me, you know, growing up and in, in, in when I started doing jazz, my teacher used to always tell me the same thing. And it was just this, I always felt bad about myself and how big or small I was. So I did it all unhealthy. You know, I would do some crazy things to lose weight for poster and just to be, you know, skinny. And um, it was always a struggle. But that particular moment when I was taken off of stage in front of everybody and I was taken out and I was just sat down and there was no like explanation there was no you know this is and and I had been working for that and I was looking good what I felt and it just it sucked it sucked to give the power to someone else because of one person or two people's opinion about me I don't know if it was personal or not I don't know but they took me out and they had the power too so that that affected me a lot and um you know, I've had students and dancers that that's happened to them. And I always share my story. And if it wasn't because of me sharing my story, they would have stopped. That wasn't going to stop me. It, it got me in a depressed. I mean, I've been depressed very many times in a black hole, but that was a crazy moment that I said, what? Like, how, how is this even possible? You know, it just got so, it got so I, I just this, I don't know. It just superficial. Well, and 
you're one of the best dancers. Thank you. Like, seriously. So it is, it's really unfortunate. And I think things are starting to change. And I'm really sorry that you had to go through that. And I'm grateful that you have the vulnerability to share that because man, a lot of people just pocket that and not really talk about it. And I, did. Say, oh, I did for many years. <laughs> I did for many years, but, but yeah, it's, you got to, like I said, you know, what? it could teach someone else something. And, and um, I wish I would have been brave enough to go to the person and say, you're wrong. So yeah. maybe somebody else would have that courage to, to do that in a situation. Well, like people that. in general are being called out a lot more, right? Yeah. Like from mm-hmm. that type of perspective. Right. And I think that we're getting to a healthier place. I just went to Miami Swim League, Miami Swim Week events um, over the weekend, and I was so happy to see women of all shapes and sizes and colors and and just like everything. Like it was so. I had chills. Like I had chills. Uh, like there, there was a pregnant mom modeling bathing suits. You know, there were short models, which was you know unheard of. You know, in modeling industry, um, bigger women, smaller women big chested women, big bottomed women, like just everything, flat chested women too, like in bathing, you know, every, everything. And I, and I think it's really important that these standards of beauty are, are shifting and it's about time. And, you know, I always, you know, I, I think sometimes I, I see brands, Susie, and I'm like, oh, they're just being inclusive because someone yelled at them, right? Like you hear these stories about like how this company got in trouble because they only showed this type of person. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I think I said this, we said this in the beginning of our conversation. Like, you don't know what you don't know until you know it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if they had to get in trouble, like, for not being inclusive, like, well, they're going to learn their lesson now and we're going to, we're going to start shape shifting, literally, like how, how we're presenting humans, people, right? And you think about how long ago that happened for you when somebody took you off the stage like those weren't conversations that were being had. So what do you, what do you think it takes? So we talked about like knowing yourself, right? Like what in your mind, like what does it take to really know yourself and how do you teach your students to discover themselves? Like, because I think that's part of it, right? It's like, we can say like, go, yes, do this, just feel it out and, and everything. And some people don't know their story. They don't even know their story. I feel like it's a, it's, it's an ongoing thing. We constantly change. I'm not the same person I was five, five years ago. I'm not the same person I was 20 years ago. So I feel that we can't just cap it on. Everyone knows who they are at this moment. Things are going to change for me in two years, maybe in two days. We don't know. So things could dramatically affect and in a heartbeat, things change in your life and, and, and give or take away. And then we have to relearn. So it's just about, it's about, feeling and being aware. I I love the word being aware because if we're aware of ourselves and our surrounding and our environment and what we're feeling mostly, then we can go from there. Um, It's not that you're just going to know who you are at 17 or 21. Oh my gosh, no way. You're going to start getting to know, I like this. I don't feel with that. My values are this and things will start, you know, being built in your resume and who you are as a person. I don't feel like you're going to know yourself at 21. So my advice is to be aware and to to really be aware of who's around you, who's telling you what, not to not to be, you know, the monkey see monkey do. And if you're different and you want to go different, it's that's okay. Half of the friends that you have now are not going to be in your life 2, 3, 4 years ago. Uh, it, it, coming up, you know, 
people change. People come into your life and they're, they're with you for a moment. And that was it. And then God says, that was enough. And then ongoing. It might hurt like crazy. And, uh, you know, you learn. You won't understand why. Why did this happen? Why, 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 why? But, you know, it's just a moment that had to happen for you to learn a certain something and then move on. Things make sense in hindsight, right? Like they make more sense in hindsight. Like sometimes we don't always know why things are happening for us. And I say for us because I have to change that for myself, right? Like I were happening to me, like to me, like I was a victim of life. And now I realize that life is happening for me, right? For, and I don't always know why. Um, and you mentioned, so being aware of ourselves that really, and what I'm hearing is like, you have to get present and like get out. So like stop paying attention to like, what's outside, but really become present in yourself and not like so much so far in the future or so far back in the past, but like really, really get grounded in the here and now so that you can set yourself up like for the awareness that it takes to know yourself. You said something about like, who are the people that are, that are like influencing you? It's like, I heard, I heard this either on another podcast that I was thinking about or a book I was reading. I can't remember, but it was like, the message was who's influencing you. Right. So like everything that I think or feel or whatever, who's influencing me? Like if I want something, well, why, why, why do I want it? Like I've started to really like set an intention of like questioning myself and like, especially in this world of, of influencing, right. And that social media presence that we were talking about, like who is influencing, whose words am I choosing to put into my life every day? Like what podcast am I listening to? What books am I, I, I listen to books I, because I don't have time to read anymore, but like, you know, like which conversations am I having? Who am I hanging out with? Like when you mentioned even like friends. And so you take this information to younger people, like you and I are in our thirties, but you take this information to younger people that haven't been taught those skills, right? Not because their parents aren't paying attention or because they don't care, but because they don't know, or it's like, they don't have time. Everybody's, it's like a moving train. Like they don't know what they don't know. So here we are to, to bring it to their attention. Like whose words are you paying attention to most? Yeah. And it's, it's about <clears throat> them teaching themselves too. And, and you, can, you can give them everything, but ultimately their life experiences is going to teach them something. And that's why, you know, when you're, when you're young, you're just like, oh, you're not going to listen to that person or whatever, because my friends are cooler and they know more. And yeah, that might be the truth for them right then and there. But as they grow and experiences and things happen, then they learn that, that life is very different. And life is not just about, it's, it truly is about the conversations that you're having. It truly is about the impact that you're making in other people's lives and in your own and in your family. And again, it's just one life that we have and, and how, what, are we aware of the time that we're spending with our family? Are we aware of the time that we're spending creating the time that we're spending talking shit about other people? You're, all of those things are toxic. You know, that that's toxic, not spending time with your family, but boundaries within family, you know, saying I'm busy right now. I can't answer. I have that with my mom. I love her to death, but I'm like, mom, from this time to this time, don't text me. Okay. I'm busy and I'm doing this, but because I, I owe that to myself. And I'm known with experiences and when I am interrupted, everything kicks off because I'm so intuitive and I'm so, I'm very um, sensitive to energy. So my energy shifts in a, like a second. If someone walks in the door right now, everything will just kind of like trickle down. So 
that that's why I always teach about awareness because the more I got aware about what I'm feeling, how am I feeling so that I could be present for everybody else or tell them not right now. So I am not rude to anyone is because I'm aware I'm having a bad day or I'm aware that I need something for me. It's not about you, but it's about me and let me take care of my, myself so that I could give. Cause I'm in a position of giving. I, I give a lot and I get tired. I get home and I'm like completely just, just I, I, I don't have any energy. And then I'm, I'm constantly going. So I need to feed myself and I, I'm, I have to be very aware of my time and where it goes. So I read something and you mentioned boundaries. I read something somewhere that it said boundaries are a very high form of love, right? It's telling someone that you want to keep them in your life, you know, and it's not so much boundaries get like a bad rep sometimes because people are like, you're setting a boundary. You don't want me here. And it's like, no, I do want you here. Like get personal yeah. within these, within these like boundaries that I have, I want you here. Like, so I try to reframe my mind like into that, right. That the boundary is really like a a form of caring and loving and saying, I do want you in my life for both parts. (laughs) Yeah. For both people. Right. So, and we were also, so talking about like who's influencing your thoughts and you mentioned, you know, and it's interesting that you mentioned this because I feel very similarly. It's like when I was growing up, I didn't have like that one mentor that like was like, you're going to do this. Right. And you mentioned having a similar experience, but that said, like, how have the mentors shown up in direct or indirect ways in your life? I I was, you know, Pepe Bronte, which is my flamenco teacher since very little, always obviously and continue to look up to him and in his studio and, and everything he did for me. Um, Mia Michaels, <clears throat> excuse me, Mia Michaels was a, a huge mentor for me. And then I, I got to work with her which was insane. She invited me to her house and we had conversations just, oh my gosh, it was probably the best highlight of my life because I, I truly love her. And, you know, she went through the same thing. She, I remember her telling me that <clears throat> she never danced because she was quote unquote too big. So she took that and her parents and her, she had a studio here in Miami. And with that, she, she took that into creating mode. So I always looked me and Michael's was a very creative like mentor for me. And now, you know, I have people like, um, like Danny Garcia, that she's the new founder and of XFL, um, with the rock. And I had the, the amazing opportunity to work with her and she's just an incredible human being and, and powerful and, and woman, just like woman and, and so successful in business and doing so many different things. So, you know, Women have really empowered my mom, you know, a, a single mom, like raising me and my brother and my dad was always present, but you know, in and out. So just women and just seeing, you know, the effects and the power that we have, you know, like I told you in the beginning, I'm like you have, you're going to about to have three kids. Like that's crazy, but that's so powerful. That's your power. I have one and I'm like, damn, this shit's nuts, you know? I have my business and I have, I, I, I'm responsible for a lot, but it's just everyone. We can't compare. You can't compare your life to anyone else's because even a mom of three to another mom of three won't be the same year. So I feel like influencing and mentor. Yes. And not feeling jealousy and feeling empowerment. I never felt jealousy, even with a person like me and Michael's that I thought I could never touch. And finally she gave me a big hug and a kiss and I was in her house. I was like, What? And I never felt a jealousy. I felt empowered. I felt that 
I almost wanted to continue her, what she was doing on. Um, so I feel that there is a lot of jealousy. There is a lot of comparing now. And we need to, we need to try and get rid of that and just feel, feel a sense of like, let's go versus, oh, they have that and I don't. No, okay, why can't you have it too in a different way? You could, don't hate, like ask questions, befriend, be, you know, and, and, and study too. But, you know, we just, we just want to get there so quick and I, and I understand, but it does take time for, for excellence. So. Z Garcia, you are incredible. And I know that you're a mentor to so many. And I just, I feel so lucky to be able to share this space with you and get to have this conversation with you because it's been a long time coming and it, it really has been a beautiful, beautiful time. So thank you so much for everything. Thank you, thank you so much. Thank you all so much for listening to this special episode presented by our friends at PillowCube. This Black Friday, you're getting hooked up with my favorite sleep products at incredibly discounted prices. I don't know about you, but I feel like some of the Black Friday deals out there in the last few years have been lame, but this deal is the real deal. Seriously, major savings. So this Black Friday, whether you're shopping for yourself or for a gift, be sure to maximize on your savings at www.pillowcube.com. This podcast was brought to you by Sana Skin Studio. Be sure to use my code, the no glow for $25 off of your first facial at Sana when booking via sanaskinstudio.com. More than a skin studio, Sana is a movement towards healthier skin and self-love. Thank you so much for listening to The Know. If you loved this episode, go ahead and share it with a friend. Words are so powerful and someone may need to hear what we covered today. And if you really loved this episode, please take a moment to rate the show and leave a review. Your comments are so important and valued and they give other listeners insight on what to expect on The Know. You can connect with me personally via Instagram at Nikki Sap Spo and The Know with Nikki Spo. My hope for you today is that you are fearless in looking inward so that you can be your highest, most authentic self and go after the life of your dreams. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.